John Palmer with Patriot Vision Industries and Magnifying America. Boy, I was looking forward to having us get to the convention together like we always do. Uh, doing that for, what, now about 30 years, but uh, this is the first time ever I'm doing this, so here it goes. Uh, some of the things that I want everyone to know about is our product lineup. The Patriot brand is absolutely by far the most spectacular innovative and forward-thinking design because we are the ones that said if you're going to buy an adaptive piece of technology why don't you make sure it connects to wi-fi we were the only the only one and continue to be the only one in the world that is apple ios certified where we took actually their hardware and made our software centric to their hardware and created the patriot pro 12.9 so the patriot pro 12.9 i'll start with that one it's an iPad Pro, and you can do everything with an iPad Pro that you may already know what you can do with. Plus, we created it and made it into a CCTV video magnifier and a reading machine, optical character recognition. We did all of that in a very sleek design stand that we custom manufacture, and it snaps in, snaps out, it folds flat, it folds open, the adapter... Uh, to charge it is so simple and easy. It's just been a pleasure. We offer it in all generations two, three, and four. So the iPad Pro 12.9, the newest one, generation four, just came out at the end of March of uh, last month. And we're now a little bit before April. Okay, we're in May now. Sorry about that. But uh, that one, it, we offer it as well as we offered in the previous generation three, which has. Uh, no home button, but still very actively popular. And then we still have some of the home button we offered in. They're all new. And we, you know, we've really been able to do extremely well with that out in the field. It's great for those who want another video magnifying reading machine that other than their big clunky desktop machine, or for those who are first time uh, and, and for those who are traveling and those who are on the go, it's portable. Portable, lightweight, foldable. What video magnifier in the world can you hold over your head and do a presentation? See, I'm holding it over my head right now. I know you can't see that, but I'm actually speaking with you while I'm holding it over my head. What do you think of that? Okay. So it weighs in on under five pounds. So it has all the accessible features that are standard with the iOS that you're come to love if you're an iOS fan. It has voiceover, of course, magnification. And the way we custom designed the interface and our software has just been fabulous. So that product is $3,990. It's the most expensive product I'm speaking about today during this session here. But it's also the product that's got about $15,000 worth of adaptive technology built into it. What I mean by that is there's no need for you to run out and buy JAWS. There's no need for you to run out and buy Zoom text. There's no need to be tied to subscription plans and having to pay for extended services and all that jazz. And furthermore, I mean, let's face it, it's what's current and it's what's new. You know, our users have told us when they use our technology, the Patriot family, they feel part of the in crowd. What I mean by that is students that are visually impaired for the longest time have always said, I feel like different. My fellow students say to me, wow, what's that big machine you got there? And, oh, why do you use that or whatever? Not with our stuff. Our stuff is popular, mainstream, trending, forward thinking. And 
for you to really know this and not just believe the words that I say, you would just find one of our customers and they'll tell you. Because this is really, truly the best testimony. It's from our customers. Don't ask our competitors, whoever they think they are, because we really don't have competition. You know that. <laughs> because they won't tell you the truth when it comes to this subject. They'll tell you theirs is best. Well, of course. The most important thing is to look at the independent reviews. Sam at the Blind Life on YouTube, very popular. Look at his reviews of our products. So the next product is the Patriot Viewpoint. Many of you already own this as well. In fact, I could think of you right now, your names, but I'll name nameless. Let me tell you something about the Patriot Viewpoint. It's the world's best, and I repeat, world's best, really usable, really work, works, really, really does work, wearable, that you wear to see near, far, and all points in between. Watching TV, watching the ball game, getting back to going out to those live venues, concerts. You'll be at the Ariana Grande concert in the nosebleed section, and you'll feel like you're on the front row. Live entertainment, taking it on travels and parks, wildlife, animals, all the attractions. We know they're closed now, but let me tell you something. They're opening up eventually. And when they're not open right now, reading your tablets, reading your computer screen, being able to do projects, it's no reason, uh, it's no wonder actually why the Patriot Viewpoint is the most popular wearable in the country and perhaps in the world. With 40 dealers across the nation, you'll be able to get access to this product through one of our authorized dealers. You can call us, of course. You can go to our website, of course, which it's going to be published in a moment here. I'm going to tell you what it is. You already probably know how to get hold of me. But you can call us or you can look at our website and you could get more information. And we could put you in touch with the dealer nearest you. It is the sort of like standard that raised the bar in the industry. Because the features it has, of course, are all the colors of a video magnifier, black on white, white on black, and primary color. But it does it in such a big, wide field of view. We have the widest field of view up to 110 degrees. We magnify less than 2x and 1x, for that matter, for those that have RP, that we could put more usable screen in the smaller field of view that you have. But we also magnify greater for those with central vision loss associated with eye diseases like macular degeneration, or maybe Stargardt's disease, Lieber's, Fuchs dystrophy, glaucoma, and others. So optic nerve atrophy, had a client the other day, could not believe what she could see. So some of the things I hear about from clients on the Patriot Viewpoint is, wow, one guy told me he's, I'm 85 years old and you brought my vision to when I was 18 years old. I never thought it could happen. I've had that kind of reaction. You could see the videos on PatriotVisionIndustries.com. You could also go to The Blind Life and see the independent review of the Patriot Viewpoint. And it just works, and it works incredibly well. When comparing all of the wearable options that are out there, because some have added and some have come together, you'll find that the Patriot Viewpoint is by far the best. And you'll judge it for yourself. You don't have to take anyone's word on it. Judge it for yourself. It does have the optical character recognition built into it, text-to-speech. Our award-winning optical character recognition has been around the most accurate. You can voice command it with the wake-up word, which is Patriot, by the way. Make bigger, make smaller, change color, take picture. The 
and it's the easiest to use. And I mean that in such a complimenting way. We could have Albert Einstein on conversation with us right now, and he couldn't argue. Easier is better. Life is full of complications already, and we just want the technology to work for you because unlike other technology from other companies, you'll find yourself working for it. You don't want that. We know that. We know what you want because we listen. 32 years, I've dedicated my entire life to this industry, and I love what I do. In fact, how many jobs can you say you're incredibly happy doing it 32 years later? You know, it's amazing. It's amazing. So what I want you to know is the Patriot Viewpoint is available, and it's $2,995, just under 3000 and of course, there's going to be a convention special. You know that. Every time we have a convention, I get together with you all, and I love it like my family. I love you guys. I really do. And I'm going to reward, and the convention special is going to be phenomenal this year, perhaps bigger than ever. And I'm going to tell it to you in a second, maybe a little bit longer. The other product that I want everyone to know about is the new Patriot Voice EZ. It's the standalone that stands by itself. Think of it as your Keurig coffee maker that does coffee. Well, this one just does something amazing and it reads to you just like an appliance, like a toaster or a blender. The Patriot Voice EZ has tactile buttons. It's simple to use and it's going to be the new standard for all of the senior population, for instance, that might be wanting something just easy on their desk, even if they and even if you guys who are experts use scanners and computers, doesn't matter. Everyone wants this. I've got an executive. He's got 750 employees. He's like, you know what, John? I need one on each desk, my office at home and my office here. The executive director of the, well, I'll, I'll just say, I'll give you their names if you call me. Okay. Let's just say that. Okay. Next. So what's the convention special? Okay. Here it goes. You call 1-800-364-1610. And you'll get me on my personal cell phone. That's right. The 1-800 cell phone guy, John Palmer. And I will offer to you any purchase made $2,000 and up a free 7-inch video magnifier that you could have sitting in your breakfast nook on your dining room table ready to help for reading those newspapers or magazines or your mail. As a secondary option, it's wonderful to have one of those seven inch devices. Now, let me tell you, those are $995. That's a $995 value, free. It's unprecedented. The reason for this, quite frankly, is it's a reward for you taking the time to go to this virtual convention, something so foreign to me, new and different, but something I really feel you'll love. So let, let me tell you the seven inch magnifier and the features it has. It has, first of all, FHD. It's full high definition. It's the only one that I know of that has a touch screen or tactile buttons, both. So you could spread your fingers on ours, you know. It also has voice memo recording and some other features for distance and near. And it's, of course, foldable and very lightweight. It's called the Patriot 7 FHD. Yep, it's another one of our branded products in our beautiful lineup of Patriot family of products. The Patriot 7 HD is $1,000 value free with the purchase of 2,000 and up. So you may decide, well, wow, 
That's like getting something at half price if I buy something at 2000 Yes. The feature, the, the products I featured today were three. They were the Patriot, in summary, they were the Patriot Pro 12.9, the Patriot Viewpoint wearable, and the Patriot Voice EZ standalone reader. You, I invite you to call 1-800-364-1610 to get me, 1-800-364-1608 to get the main office. You could also reach my son, Charles. Many of you know, 1-800-364-1612. Yeah, we've got a lot of 1-800 numbers because we want to be easy to access. You could also reach us at magnifyingamerica.com through our website, and you can view patriotvisionindustries.com to see videos, to see tutorials, and to see all the specifications and so forth of our products. I encourage you to do so. Thank you and have a great, great show this year. Bye-bye. Hello, FCB. This is Amanda Tolson with Envision America. I'm so sad that I won't be able to meet you all in person this year, but isn't technology great that I can communicate with you this way? I'd like to talk about a few things that we have to offer most of you are already using and love. Some of you it may be new to you, but I'd like to encourage you to call us at 1-800-890-1180 for more information. Again, that's 1-800-890-1180. I'd like to start by talking about our ID-Mate Galaxy which is our barcode scanner that talks to you. This scanner will scan any barcode in your home and read out loud to you what that product is and information about it. So if we're talking about a food product, it's not only going to tell you what it is, but it'll let you know those cooking instructions, nutritional information, and the ingredients. It also comes with blank barcodes, so for any product in your home that doesn't already have a barcode on it, you can place one of these on and make your own recording as to what it is. These labels come in iron-on, adhesive, durable adhesive, which is actually dishwasher safe, and then a barcode label that has a rubber band on it for those items that a sticker just doesn't fit quite on. Those of you who are app users may be asking, why would I purchase a barcode scanner when I have an app for that? Well, the biggest difference is that our barcode scanner uses a red laser scanner. This is the same type of scanner that they use at the grocery store. So there's no more guessing work on where that barcode is. This scanner is so aggressive, you don't even need to know where that barcode is. And it's going to get you all the information you need. The other big difference is we have been developing a database of products for over 20 years. That means the likelihood of you coming across a product not in our database diminishes quite a bit. There is over 4 million products on the onboard database alone. And when you connect to Wi-Fi, it opens you up to 16 million items. There may be a chance that you do come across a product not in the database. But the great thing about the Galaxy is it lets you make a recording as to what that product is. And then it asks you if you want to upload that to Envision America. When we get your uploaded information, we do all the research on that product and we get it added to the database for you. So even though you've come across something not in there today, it's going to be in there in the future. We'd like to extend a special sale to FCB. 
The retail cost of an IDMA Galaxy is $1,299. But today, for FCB members, we'd like to extend a special sale. You can now get the IDMA Galaxy for $1,040. You also will receive a one-year extended warranty, giving you two full years of warranty, along with free shipping and a free deck of playing cards. To take advantage of the sale, give us a call at 1-800-890-1180. Again, that's 1-800-890-1180. And just let them know you're part of FCB. I'll repeat our phone number several times throughout this message so you have a chance to get it down. I'd like to move on to Script Talk now. Script Talk is our talking prescription reader. This is a free service available through pharmacies. Script Talk reads your entire prescription label to you out loud, including the drug name, instructions, warnings, and how many refills you have remaining. No more guessing when you need to call the doctor to get a refill. Many independent pharmacies, mail order pharmacies, and retail chain pharmacies provide Script Talk today. New to Florida is Publix. Publix now is offering Script Talk. All you need to do is go in and ask your pharmacist for it. It's really that easy. If you ever need any other assistance getting Script Talk, all you have to do is call us at Envision America, 1-800-890-1180. Our customer service staff will help get you set up with Script Talk. Even if you're using a mail order pharmacy, or retail chain pharmacy. Our customer service staff can help you get set up. Sometimes it's as easy as us sending an email. So give us a call and we can help make the process a lot quicker. Script Talk is a free service and there's never a cost to the user. Envision America will loan out a Script Talk reader to anybody who is using a pharmacy that provides the service. Or now we have an Android app and an iOS app so you can always download the Script Talk mobile app on your smartphone for free. Give us a call and we'll help you get set up with Script Talk. Again, our phone number is 1-800-890-1180. I want to thank everybody who's taken the time to listen to my recording and let you all know that I've missed seeing you in person this year. Hopefully soon, things will be a little bit back to normal and we'll all be able to see each other in person again. Until then, we can always use the phone. So call us, 1-800-890-1180. Disability Rights Florida, a legacy of protection and advocacy. Hi, Ben Shaberman. I'm Katie Lear, the Convention Committee Chair. Just wanted to know Prior that you weren't alone. The 70s. <laughs> Sheila will be joining the, you directly. Uh, institutionalization of individuals with disabilities was the the norm. There was abuse. There was neglect taking place. Really, seclusion, inappropriate restraint, poor facilities, poor uh, nutrition. Just pretty egregious. And that's how what is now Disability Rights Florida came about. 
1977, Congress began to address these inhumane conditions by creating a national system of legally based disability rights agencies to assist with that effort. Disability Rights Florida assists individuals and families to access education, employment, and independence. We also advocate at the legislature and in our discussions with state agencies for improvement in Florida's laws, policies, and practices. We continue to advocate for the elimination of abuse and neglect because unfortunately, though it has declined over the years, it still remains an issue and still occurs. We provide advocacy, legal representation and negotiations, and investigation and facility monitoring. We had a client uh, recently who needed a wheelchair, a power wheel, an electric wheelchair, and um, couldn't get one. The individual was entitled to it, and Medicaid was, was obligated to provide it and didn't. We became involved, represented that individual, and because of our expertise, and our knowledge of how Medicaid works, which is something that the individual didn't have the knowledge of, we were able to cut through the red tape and get the individual the, the wheelchair that he deserved. It's another good example of, of how we help with respect to education as well. An individual who, who, who can't speak, who was determined to be not able to, not cognitive in, in, in many ways, when in fact it turned out after testing that this individual was very aware of what was going on in his surroundings and knew what was going on in the world, as a matter of fact, from watching television and so on, just could not articulate any of it. And the need there was a, uh, an assistive technology piece of equipment wherein he could touch a screen and it would speak what he wanted to say. Matt, do you want more fries? Yes. And as a result of that, he was able to, and is able to, go to school and respond. And we were instrumental in helping him obtain that. There's a variety of other examples like that uh, in, in the education world, in the employment world, uh, and, and just in the, in the world of, of uh, mobility and transportation. And those are the types of issues that we deal with. And if we need to do it in a, a legal environment, a litigation environment, as a last resort, that's what we will do. Working in partnership for equality and dignity. Our staff is, is exceptional. And I say that honestly and genuinely. Our staff is, they are committed, they're passionate in the work that they do. They're also relentless in pursuing an outcome. They work long hours and they will uh, commit whatever it takes to get the job done. If you or someone you know needs help, contact us. Our mission is to uh, protect and advocate for the rights of individuals with disabilities to enable them to obtain a, a full life with integrity, avail themselves of, of the same uh, rights and benefits of any other individual in this state. Our services are free and confidential. Contact us toll free at 1-800-342-0823 or visit our website at disabilityrightsflorida.com.
democracylive.org. Good afternoon. My name is Brian Finney, president of Democracy Live. First, I'd like to thank the Florida Council of the Blind for this opportunity to speak to you today about the fastest growing method of voting in the United States, which is at-home, absentee, vote by mail. As we all know, given the opportunity to be able to vote from home, privately and conveniently, with full accessibility, is a right that every voter in America should have. Fortunately, Democracy Live, along with other organizations, have worked in collaboration to create a fully accessible, at-home, accessible absentee balloting tool. We call it OmniBallot. OmniBallot is an opportunity for a voter, regardless of disabilities, to be able to log in to a secure portal hosted in a federally approved cloud environment, to be able to log in online using your home device, using your home screen reader or other types of accessible input device, to be able to access your ballot, mark your ballot, and then return your ballot back to the local elections office. With at-home absentee voting being the fastest growing method of voting in the country, we need to ensure that all voters have equal access to voting both in the polls and at home. The Help America Vote Act requires that all voters have equal access to accessing a, a voting machine in the polling place. Well, that accessibility should not end at the polling place. It should be extended into the home. So access to your ballot at home is also a right. So what I'd like to do today is just briefly walk you through the process of what an online accessible absentee balloting tool can be like. For background, we first launched OmniBallot back in 2009. Since then, it's been deployed in over a thousand elections in hundreds of jurisdictions over the last decade. So this technology and this tool, it's proven and it has been proven to work for all voters, regardless of disabilities. So the system itself is a cloud-based accessible balloting tool where a voter would log in and the very first thing that we, they would do is they would click on a link that's sent to them typically by your local elections office. Or you can navigate to the elections office website and access the link. When you come to the link and you click on it, you'll be prompted to enter your identifying information such as your first, last, and date of birth. And what that does is that identifies the correct ballot to you, the voter. So when you get your specific ballot, and this is the same ballot that you'd be mailed as a paper ballot as a voter from president down to the school board, you're going to get essentially an accessible digital replica of your ballot. And you'll be able to listen to your ballot, navigate your way through the ballot, mark your selections, review your selections, all in this federally approved cloud environment. Once you're finished reviewing and navigating through the ballot, you'll be prompted to print out your ballot in the state of Florida. In other states, they are now experimenting with other methods of transmitting the ballot. But in the state of Florida and in most states around the country, you'll have the opportunity to independently navigate to the ballot, mark your ballot, and then you'll print out your ballot and typically mail it back into the office. So that at a very high level is how OmniBallot works. The goal is that every voter should have independent and private and secure, safe access to your ballot. When you print out the ballot, 
you'll probably be prompted to sign your name, just like an absentee ballot voter would. And then again, you'll mail it back into the office. There are emerging technologies to electronically transmit your ballot back as well, but that's based on a state-by-state -state, uh, decision and what the laws of that state allow. But at the end of the day, in the state of Florida, and hopefully in emerging states around the country, especially in the current health crisis that we're in, no voter should be forced to go down to an in-person public touchscreen voting machine to vote when everybody else can vote privately and safely from home. And so the intent of Democracy Live! through OmniBallot is to bridge the gap of accessibility and equal access to the ballot for all voters. We want voters to have equal access to the ballot in the polling place, but in terms of a global pandemic or other reasons where a voter may want to choose to vote from home, they should have the same right to vote safely and securely at home as every other voter. And now through OmniBallot, that opportunity and that right can be extended to the members of the Council of the Blind and to all voters throughout the country. Again, my name is Brian Finney, President of Democracy Live. If you want to contact us with any questions, please feel free to do so at info at democracylive.com. We look forward to answering any questions that you might have. And again, I want to thank the Florida Council of the Blind for the invitation to present to you here today. And have a wonderful convention, even this virtual environment that we're all in. And we'll get through it together. And we look forward to working with you in the future. Look forward to hearing back from you. Any thoughts or questions that you may have. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. This is ACB Radio Mainstream. Katie, are you there? I am. Hi, FCB. Hi, ACB. And hi to everyone listening to ACB Radio. We want to say a big thank you to ACB Radio for helping us stream our convention. We want to say thank you to our streamers. I think Debbie's up right now. I think, um, I'm not sure if his name was Ed or Daryl streamed this morning. And Rick is our uh, Zoom moderator to calls on us when we put up our hands. It's kind of like being in school, isn't it? But anyway, we have a wonderful presentation for you at noon today. Uh, it's going to be Ben Shaberman from IRD. Uh, and Ms. Sheila Young, our president, is going to introduce him. So we're going to go ahead and let you guys take it away. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to this session of the Florida Council of the Blind State Convention. I want to echo what Katie just said. You guys have made a wonderful uh, contribution to FCB this year by helping us stream our convention, our first virtual convention. I am very pleased to be able to introduce our guest for this presentation. His name is Ben Shaberman. He is the Senior Director of um, Scientific Outreach and Community Engagement at the Foundation Fighting Blindness. His role is to educate all about the research and uh, resources that are available to individuals pertaining to retinal disease and inherited retinal disease. Um, he also is the author of a science fiction book that was put out last fall called Retina Boy. So I hope he'll be able to have some time to talk about his book. But at this time, I would like to introduce Ben Shaberman. Thank you so much for joining us, Ben. 
Well, thank you, Sheila. It's it's my pleasure. And before I get going, I want to confirm, you just want my audio, right? You don't want me to share my slides? Yes, sir. Okay. Just just wanted to make sure I understood that. Well, thank you, Sheila. It's, it's a real honor and a privilege to take part in um, this live radio stream and to be part of um, the ACB and the FCB's activities. Uh, in case you don't know, those of you um, who are participating, the Foundation Fighting Blindness is the world's uh, leading private funding source for inherited retinal disease research. And uh, we currently fund about 80 projects throughout the world. And my talk will revolve around research for inherited retinal diseases like retinitis pigmentosa, Usher syndrome, labor congenital amaurosis, Stargardt disease, AMD, and the many other conditions. So much of my presentation will focus on emerging therapies, but I wanted to get started giving you a quick uh, context of where research is at for our space, for retinal degenerative conditions. And ju just to, again, give you that context, the Foundation Fighting Blindness has been around for nearly 50 years. We were founded in 1971 by a small group of families who were affected by conditions like RP. And back then, there was virtually nothing known about, about RP. In fact, very, was, very little was known about the retina. And after several decades of painstaking research, in about 2006-2007, there were some clinical trials that were beginning to launch for emerging therapies. And today, we're very pleased to say that we have nearly 40 clinical trials underway for emerging therapies. And if you look a little beyond the clinical trial pipeline, there's more than 80 therapies that are in development. So there are many therapies that are approaching human studies and should move into those clinical trials fairly soon. And an important role for the foundation at this juncture is to help move research out of labs into clinical trials where we can attract outside investments from companies. Throughout my presentation, you're going to be um, hearing a lot about different companies who have been attracted to our space. And it's critical that we get research to the point to an early stage clinical trial where we can attract the significant commercial investments. So a couple more introductory slides. Um, I, I wanted to uh, provide an overview of the retina. I think that's an obvious um, thing to review if we're going to talk about retinal therapies. So the retina is a very thin piece of tissue lining the back of the eye. It's only a half a millimeter thick. And when light comes through your eye, through the cornea, through the lens, through the middle, the vitreous gel in the middle of your eye, and hits the back of your eye, it hits the retina. And it's the retina that converts that light into electrical signals. Those signals are sent to the back of the brain 
And that's how we see. Our, the brain uses those signals to create the images that we see. So an easy way to think about the retina is it's like film in a camera. And if you're looking at a side view of the retina, there are toward the top, these vertical oriented cells called photoreceptors, the rods and cones. And those are the cells that are actually doing that conversion of light to electricity. Rods give us vision in dark settings. They give us uh, peripheral vision. Cones are the cells that give us the ability to read and recognize faces and perceive colors and see things in our central field of vision. And each of our retinas amazingly has 125 million photoreceptors or 125 million rods and cones. And so there's a lot of power packed into the retina. It not only works during the day when our eyes are open, but there's a regenerative process going on in the evenings as well when we're sleeping so that the retina can function properly when we wake up. So that's just a quick overview of the retina before I launch into discussions of therapies. So the first therapeutic approach I want to cover is called gene therapy. And for those affected by inherited retinal diseases like RP, Stargardt disease, Usher syndrome, there's almost always one gene that's mutated, one gene that's the culprit. And the idea behind gene therapy or, or gene replacement therapy is to replace that mutated gene with a healthy gene. Now, for the first few of the next slides, I'll be talking about gene replacement therapies, but there are other ways to address the mutated gene. But for now, think about gene therapy as replacing the bad gene with a healthy gene. And we do that using of all things, a human engineered virus. And you can put the healthy gene in a viral container to deliver it to the cells, often the photoreceptors that need the gene to stop the retinal degeneration. And we refer to that virus as an AAV. It's human engineered, it's safe, and instead of doing harmful things, it does therapeutic things. So, uh, one of the most historical um, um, advances in all of ophthalmology research occurred over the past 10 to 12 years with the advent of Luxterna. It's the first FDA gene therapy, FDA approved gene therapy for the eye or any inherited retinal condition. And it specifically replaces a gene called RPE65 which when mutated is one cause of LCA, labor congenital amaurosis, and one cause of RP. Keep in mind, there are many, many genetic causes of these conditions. So this is just one. But uh, in um, clinical trials, Luxterna performed very dramatically in kids and even young adults who were born with mutations in RPE65 the uh, Luxterna treatment restored significant vision to them. Um, 
they were able, many were able to put away their navigational canes. They could see blackboards and, and text on books for the first time. They could see their loved ones' faces. Some were able to even see stars in the sky. So this all began to occur in 2007 and 2008 when the trial for this treatment began at Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. And in 2013, CHOP, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, launched or, or spun off a company called Spark Therapeutics to commercialize Luxterna. And again, that occurred in 2013, and Spark was able to raise the money to get FDA approval again in 2017. And I'm proud to say that the Foundation Fighting Blindness provided about $10 million in research that helped make the early clinical trial possible. Now, while this treatment is just for one specific mutated gene, the success of it has opened the door for companies and researchers to develop gene therapies for a variety of other retinal conditions. And some of those uh, projects I'm going to now cover. So there's a company called Biogen who recently uh, acquired the company Nightstar from the UK. Biogen is a big biotech. Nightstar was a startup in the UK. And they have two clinical trials underway for gene replacement therapies. One is for choroideremia. That's in a phase three which is the last stage of a clinical trial, they completed enrollment. In the, in the first phase of the trial, uh, the treatment per, uh, performed safely, and many of the participants had uh, either visual acuity that was maintained or improved for at least one year. So that's a pretty good result, and we're hoping those results continue for the phase three. And hopefully in the not-too-distant future, when this trial completes, they will seek regulatory approval so they can bring this to the marketplace. Now, uh, Biogen also has a clinical trial underway for people who have X-linked retinitis pigmentosa caused by mutations in the gene RPGR. That has just moved into a phase 2-3. And in their earlier uh, phase for this trial, many of the participants had some improvements in visual fields and retinal sensitivity. So there were some encouraging results. But again, this later phase will really demonstrate how well this therapy works. But thus far, the results are encouraging. Now, another partner of ours, Applied Genetics Technology Corporation, or AGTC, has a few clinical trials underway as well. One is also for X-linked RP caused by RPGR mutations. And that, too, has performed well in a phase one, two. There were improvements in visual acuity and retinal sensitivity. And I'll add that the Foundation Fighting Blindness funded research in canine models of X-linked RP that helped get this particular therapy into a clinical trial. Now, AGTC also has clinical trials underway for a condition called achromatopsia. That's actually 
sometimes referred to as day blindness. People with achromatopsia have poor central vision, poor um, color perception, and poor visual acuity. But one of the most debilitating um, aspects of achromatopsia is it can actually be painful to be in bright light. Well, early on in their clinical trials, they've shown that some of the participants had improved light tolerance. So that's a positive sign. This is still at an early stage, so the company is still learning about treatment efficacy, so stay tuned to that. Some other clinical trials that are underway, Spark has a gene therapy trial for choroideremia, Sanofi has um, gene therapy trials underway for Usher syndrome type 1B and Stargardt disease. They're actually trying to move these projects to another company at this point. A company in France called Harama has a gene therapy in clinical trial for RP caused by PDE6 beta mutations. Harama also recently announced that they're pursuing uh, a gene therapy clinical trial for people with CRB1 mutations. Novartis in Sweden has a clinical trial underway for RP caused by RLBP1 mutations. And then um, the University of Florida, in collaboration with Genzyme Sanofi, has just launched a trial for LCA caused by GUCY2D mutations. Uh, and we're pleased to report that we provided um, significant funding to that researcher, Shannon Boy, to help get this trial um, off the ground, or at least get the treatment to the point where it could be moved into a clinical trial. And then finally, another partner of the foundation, Mira GTX, also has gene, gene therapy clinical trials underway for achromatopsia and X-linked RP, though they have not yet reported any results. Okay, so up to this point, I've been talking about gene replacement, replacing the entire mutated gene with an entirely new healthy gene. Now, in some cases, it's difficult to deliver an entirely new gene to the retina because it won't fit in that viral container that I was talking about a, a few um, minutes ago. So there are other approaches to addressing the mutated gene. One is called CRISPR-Cas9. And CRISPR-Cas9 is a form of gene editing. So instead of replacing the gene, you're actually editing copies of the gene that the patient already has. So you're, you're editing the endogenous gene. You're not replacing it. And you can think of CRISPR-Cas9 as almost like a pair of molecular scissors. It goes in and it cuts out the bad part of the gene. Maybe it puts in a new part of the gene, but this is opposed to replacing the entire gene. And a collaboration of Editas and, Editas and Allergan launched a few months ago a phase one clinical trial for people who have a mutation in the CEP290 gene. When that gene is mutated, it causes LCA. They have not reported any results yet. But this is the first 
CRISPR-Cas9 treatment to be actually administered in the human body, anywhere in the human body. And it's very exciting for us, obviously, that it's being done in the retina. And uh, Editas and Allergan are also working on a CRISPR-Cas9 approach for people who have mutations in exon 13 of the USH2A gene. That's still in a lab study, so stay tuned for that. Again, this, this is gene editing. And I'll note that the foundation has a number of other gene editing projects that are um, underway. They're just not in a clinical trial yet. So we're going to shift gears a little bit further to talk about antisense oligonucleotides. And this is yet another concept to addressing a mutation. So you can think of the DNA that we have in each cell in our bodies as like a library. Each gene is in a way like a chapter in a library. Now, there is also a messaging system in our cells that communicates information from that library to the protein making machinery in the cell because it's ultimately the proteins that need to be made correctly using the DNA, your, your um, genetic information. And that messaging system consists of RNA. RNA are the messages. And sometimes researchers are focused on correcting the mutation in the message instead of the DNA, DNA itself. They're, they're fixing the RNA. And so an antisense oligonucleotide, a couple of long words, is actually like a piece of genetic tape that covers up the mutation in a message. So you can think of it as like a mask or even like whiteout, for those of you that remember uh, using whiteout for your uh, typewriting projects. Um, so again, it covers up the mutation in RNA. Uh, we are investing up to seven and a half million dollars in funding for one of the uh, projects that is being um, conducted by a company called Procure in the Netherlands, who is developing these anti-oligonucleotides to address specific mutations. Their first project was for LCA caused by mutation, a specific mutation in CEP290. It performed well in a phase one, two clinical trial. 60% of people in that trial had vision improvement, so they moved it into a phase two, three. The company also has clinical trials underway for a similar approach for US2A exon 13 mutations, as well as uh, the P23H mutation in the gene rhodopsin, which is a common cause of RP. The company is also targeting a mutation in the gene ABCA4, and that mutation leads to Stargardt disease. So Procure is doing a lot uh, with three clinical trials underway and more in, in, in planning to address inherited retinal diseases with these RNA therapies. So finally, to round out the genetics, we're going to shift gears again to talk about how genes can be used to address retinal disease.
And before I talk about optogenetics, I want to explain what happens in people with advanced vision loss. So at the beginning of my talk, I mentioned that we use our photoreceptors to see. Those are the cells that make vision possible. Well, in people with advanced retinal conditions, they lose all their photoreceptors, and that's what leads to complete blindness. So if you've lost all your photoreceptors, everything I've talked to at this point won't apply because there's no photoreceptors left to save. I know that sounds kind of ominous, but stay with me here. What researchers have found in people that have lost all their photoreceptors, that there are other cells in the retina that survive. And these are called ganglion cells. And these ganglion cells normally aren't light sensitive. They don't work like photoreceptors. But what some very clever researchers have done is they've delivered copies of a gene to these ganglion cells to make them light sensitive so they can work something like photoreceptors. And they showed some encouraging results in animal studies. So this is what optogenetics is. It's bestowing light sensitivity to cells that normally aren't light sensitive. And it's done as a gene therapy. What's really cool about this approach is it's designed to work independent of whatever gene is causing the retinal condition. And it's designed for people with the most advanced vision loss. Now, there are three clinical trials underway for this approach. Allergan has a trial underway in Dallas. Uh, Gensite, a French company, has a trial underway in the UK. And Bionic Sight, with our partner AGTC, is in the process of launching a trial for their approach on Long Island, of all places. And two of these approaches, Gensite and Bionicsite, also involve special eyewear that helps amplify or enhance the signal coming into these ganglion cells. Um, researchers believe by using this special eyewear, the, the users uh, of this technology will actually be able to see better. Nobody's reported efficacy results, so stay tuned. And the foundation continues to fund even more um, advanced approaches to optogenetics, and we're working to move those into clinical trials. Okay, now we're going to move into stem cell therapies. And just as a quick primer on stem cells, stem cells are cells that are able to become any cell type in the body. So you can make them into bone, heart, muscle. And in our case, we like to make them into, of course, retinal cells. And the great thing about stem cells is you can use just a tiny sample to make billions and billions of cells for thousands of treatments. And there are different sources for stem cells, but researchers today can actually derive stem cells from blood or skin of a mature human and coax those cells into becoming retinal cells, which is a very beneficial way to derive stem cells. And of course, it isn't controversial. The sample's small, so you don't have to take a huge amount of blood or skin. 
So I want to present a few different stem cell approaches for addressing retinal diseases. And one approach is using a stem cell that we call a retinal progenitor. And really, it's a stem cell that has almost become a full-fledged photoreceptor. It's not quite fully developed. And in this first application I'm going to talk about, the idea is for this retinal progenitor to preserve the photoreceptors in the recipient's existing retina. So we're not trying to replace anything. We're trying to save vision with this type of retinal progenitor. And we call this approach neuroprotection. And this approach is being developed by a company called JSite in Southern California. They're targeting this for people with RP and Usher syndrome, maybe some other conditions. And in the phase one part of this trial, they treated 28 patients in one eye at first, and they observed that the treated eye in these patients perform better than the untreated eye. So then they moved it into a phase 2B with 85 participants. And that trial is fully enrolled. They haven't reported um, results for the phase 2B yet. But just a couple of days ago, JSite announced that they've gone into a licensing agreement with Santin Pharmaceutical, a big global pharmaceutical company. JSite will be um, getting up to $252 million to help develop and potentially market this treatment. So it's very exciting to see that these early stage um, therapies in early stage clinical trials are attracting outside investments. So stay tuned. We're hoping to get um, more data from this uh, project in the not too distant future. Now, the next project I want to uh, tell you about is also using retinal progenitors, these cells that aren't quite fully developed into photoreceptors. But instead of trying to just save a patient's existing vision, this is this approach is actually focused on restoring vision, replacing lost photoreceptors. So in this case, the company is Reneuron. They have a trial underway at Mass Ioneer up in Boston and another site in Phoenix. And the idea is to, to inject these cells underneath the retina so that they actually connect with the patient's existing retina and the cells are, are, will hopefully mature into full-fledged photoreceptors, thereby um, restoring vision and sending visual, more visual information back to the brain. In the phase two, many participants in that trial had three lines of improvement using an eye chart to measure their vision, and that was at, tw at 12 months after treatment. That's encouraging. We need to see more data over longer periods of time, but again, that's relatively good news. And that trial is being led by a young investigator, Jason Commander, um, who we've actually provided career de development funding to, and we've also provided funding to this specific project. So stay tuned for that. 
And then to round out the stem cell discussion, I wanted to talk about another approach, and this is for addressing age-related macular degeneration. Now, in AMD, there are other cells in the retina that are affected first before photoreceptors, and those cells are called RPE cells. And in simple terms, you can think of RPE cells as being like a support system for photoreceptors. But when the RPE cells aren't working properly, or worse, they're degenerating, then photoreceptors degenerate. So there are many companies actually conducting clinical trials by replacing RPE cells derived from stem cells. One of those companies is called Regenerative Patch Technologies. They're in Southern California, and they're actually addressing dry AMD. And what they're doing is they're putting new RPE cells on a scaffold, this um, synthetic scaffold, and transplanting them into the retina to hopefully better support photoreceptors. Now, at an early stage of this trial, this patch, as they call it, was well tolerated, and there were some suggestions of efficacy. So we're still waiting to hear more results from this uh, trial. But there are many companies in the AMD space working to do um, RPE replacement. Uh, there's another um, collaboration over in the UK that's doing something very similar to what I just discussed, but they're targeting wet age-related macular degeneration. Uh, some other therapies that are in development, I know I've covered a lot of them, we're not quite done yet, uh, but one is an antioxidant being developed by a company called Nacuity in Dallas. And actually, the Foundation Fighting Blindness is investing $7.5 million in this project. This is actually an oral compound, an oral medication that is a strong antioxidant. Now, in many retinal diseases, RP, AMD, Usher syndrome, oxidative stress exacerbates retinal degeneration and it, it, it accelerates vision loss. So if you can mitigate oxidative stress, you can potentially preserve significant vision. So Nacuity's molecule, their compound, is a strong antioxidant. And in studies at Johns Hopkins, in animal models, it did preserve vision fairly well. So this is just moving into a clinical trial actually in Australia, a phase one, two trial in 48 patients with Usher syndrome. But ultimately, um, the company believes this can help people with RP, Usher syndrome, as well as other conditions. If the Australia trial has some good results, the trial should move to the U.S. in 2021 and continue on in Australia also in 2021. Now, another project we're funding is being conducted by a company called Sparing Vision in France. And what Sparing Vision is doing is they're developing a therapy that produces a protein called rod-derived cone viability factor. Now, in the retina, rods and cones have a very symbiotic relationship. 
And when rods degenerate, cones will invariably follow in degeneration. What the researchers at Sparing Vision found is that rods produce a protein called rod-derived cone viability factor that helps keep cones alive. So they've developed a therapy, it's actually a gene therapy, that expresses rod-derived cone viability factor to help keep cones alive. Now this is designed, it's a gene therapy, but it's designed to work independent of the mutated gene causing a person's retinal disease. It will hopefully help people with RP, Usher syndrome, and other conditions. It is not yet in a clinical trial. Um, that is planned for 2021. And this would be a one-time treatment. So it's a, an injection into the retina, but then the retina actually produces this protein, RDCVF, to help keep the cones uh, preserved. So finally, I want to close out the discussion talking about a few Stargardt disease therapies that are in clinical trials. Now, Stargardt disease you can think of as uh, macular degeneration, but it's inherited, it's strictly inherited, and it's usually diagnosed at a young age. Some, sometimes we refer to Stargardt disease as juvenile macular degeneration. And Stargardt disease has some similarities to AMD. It usually manifests, or it always manifests, in those RPE cells. And it occurs because of toxins that accumulate in the retina. Now, I'm going to step back a moment and explain some of the biochemical activity in the retina that occurs to make vision possible. We all need vitamin A to C. Vitamin A you can think of as like a fuel for your retina that helps make it light sensitive. And most of us in the Western world get plenty of vitamin A from our diets, from fruits and vegetables and, and other types of uh, foods. But when vitamin A is metabolized in our retinas, there are byproducts that are produced. Now, in a normal retina, those byproducts are eliminated. Those waste products are eliminated. But in people with Stargardt disease, they do not uh, get eliminated properly. And they uh, accumulate in those RPE cells. The RPE cells suffer and thereby the photoreceptors suffer. So companies that are pursuing Stargardt disease therapies are targeting that vitamin A pathway. One company, Alkius, has a form of vitamin A that metabolizes cleaner than the vitamin A we get from our diets. So they, they try to replace dietary vitamin A with a special modified vitamin A. This is in a phase two clinical trial. They have not reported results as of yet. Um, two other companies, Acucella and Beelite, have a slightly different process. They're, instead of changing vitamin A itself, they're trying to slow the uptake of vitamin A to the retina through what is called a visual cycle modulator. And Acucella is in a phase three trial. Uh, this other company, 
B-Light is in a phase two, or at least they will be fairly soon. And we're waiting to hear results from those studies. And then the last Stargardt disease therapy I wanted to mention is being developed by a company called Iveric Bio. And they're targeting a different pathway, and that's the immune system. What researchers have found is that the complement system, which is part of our immune system, is overactive in many retinal diseases, including Stargardt disease, AMD, and even RP. But what Iveric Bio is doing in a phase two clinical trial is they're trying to inhibit a specific pathway in the complement system to slow degeneration. Because when the complement system is overactive, it exacerbates the retinal damage. So stay tuned for results from that. Okay, so I've concluded the discussion of therapies, and I want to give a quick discussion of genetic testing. And this really applies to all people with an inherited retinal disease, RP, Usher syndrome, Stargardt. So all people with these conditions, the culprit, as I said earlier on, is one mutated gene. And it's very important to identify what that mutated gene is to, number one, confirm your diagnosis, because you really don't have a definitive diagnosis for your condition until you identify that mutated gene. But once you have that diagnosis, then you know the inheritance pattern, so you know what other family members might be affected, and it can greatly help you qualify for clinical trials. As you heard today, there are cross-cutting therapies for which you don't have to know your gene, but many trials do require that, that you know your mutated gene to participate. So the Foundation Fighting Blindness has launched a genetic testing program um, in conjunction with Blueprint Genetics and our uh, informed DNA genetic counseling partner so that any eye doctor in the United States can order a genetic test for you at no cost. And if you're interested in this test, you go to your eye doctor and tell them that they can order a, a genetic test, the My Retina Tracker panel from Blueprint Genetics. And your doctor can go to blueprintgenetics.com and order the panel online for you. The kit is sent to the doctor. It can also, in some cases, be sent to you. You provide a saliva sample. And then in about four weeks after that um, sample, about 60 to 70% identify the mutated gene causing your retinal condition. And then Blueprint, or I'm sorry, then Informed DNA, the genetic counseling um, part of this uh, project, will help you understand what your results mean. So again, your doctor orders this test from blueprintgenetics.com. You don't order it. And the Blueprint panel, by the way, is a very comprehensive panel, 322 genes. It includes some very difficult to find mutations as well. And when you enroll in this program, your privacy is always protected you are never releasing any personal information. So finally, to close out um, 
this part of the presentation, I wanted to introduce to you our patient registry to help you get on the radar screen of um, researchers and companies that are doing clinical trials for inherited retinal disease treatments. And this is called, again, our My Retina Tracker Registry. It's at myretinatracker.org. And in this registry, you upload your information, including information about your disease, including if you know it, the gene mutation, vision test results, some questions about what activities you can and can't do. And then researchers and companies can come in and look at the, the data that's not personal. They never have access to your personal information. But by doing so, they can learn more about the diseases and many are rec recruiting for clinical trials. And what happens is when these um, companies in, and investigators look at your records, they don't see your personal information, but they do see an alphanumeric identifier. If you match their criteria, they send that identifier to us, and then we contact you and let you know that a specific company is interested in you for a clinical trial, but it's up to you to contact that company or that researcher. So you have control of your record. Your personal information is never released. And right now, uh, we have about 15,000 people in my retina tracker. And we've had more than 150 requests for information by researchers and companies. And I apologize, there's a helicopter going over my apartment as we speak. So I apologize if it's a little noisy. Um, you do not have to be in the registry to get genetic testing. That used to be a requirement. It no longer is a requirement. And if you don't know your gene, that's okay, and you, be, you can be in the registry. And if you learned about your gene mutation a long time ago, please feel free to upload that information. You, you don't have to go through the Blueprint program to be in this registry. So finally, to close out my presentation, I wanted to mention uh, a book that I've written called Retina Boy. So I'm doing a little shameless self-promotion. But over the years at the Foundation Fighting Blindness, I've always been inspired by the individuals, especially the kids, who deal with their vision loss so heroically and so courageously. Kid, the kids that I've interviewed and met over the years do amazing things, and many lead very happy and productive lives. So I decided to write a book about a kid who was born without retinas and make him essentially a hero. And the book is designed, is written for people um, who are maybe 12 years of age or older, although many younger kids have read the book. And my protagonist, he picks up the name Retina Boy. Again, he's born without retinas. He's mystified researchers. But he goes on to live a fairly um, productive and normal life. He's a really smart kid. He has a, a very cool girlfriend who's the smartest kid in the class. He learns to play am amazing lead guitar in a rock band. 
And ultimately, he comes to find out, a little bit of a spoiler alert, that he's an alien from another planet. And then toward the end of the book, there's a collision with the alien world. So I don't want to give too much away, but it's a fun book. Again, it, it um, really um, is, design, is, is written to help um, promote um, uh, a happy message for kids that are born with retinal conditions. It's a great read for kids and adults. It, it was published by Apprentice House, which is Loyola University in Maryland. It's available in paperback, Kindle, and Audible on Amazon. You can learn more about it at retinaboy.com. And for a limited time, I have a few Audible versions, promo copies left, and I will also um, give you a free Kindle version if you want to email me at bshaberman at fightingblindness.org. That's B-S-H-A-B-E-R-M-A-N at fightingblindness.org. So that concludes my talk. And I believe we have a few minutes for any questions. If anyone has a question, you can raise your hand by Alt-Y on the PC. If you're dialing in on a phone, it's star nine. And if um, you're on an iPhone app, there is a big raise hand button in the middle of the screen. So you can punch on it and it'll raise your hand. So far, Ben, there are no hands up. Okay. So Ben, how long have you been with Fighting a Foundation? It, it's more than fifteen years, actually. It's been it's it's been a long time, but I I love it, and um, it, it's a real passion and a privilege. So, um, what got you interested in it? You know, honestly, before um, before I learned about the foundation, I really had no connection to vision or retinal disease. I was primarily a medical writer and they had a science writing position and it sounded very cool. And uh, I began my career there for the first few years, strictly writing science articles, reporting on research. And my role has expanded since. And how many chapters are there throughout the country of the foundation? Sure. We have about 40 active chapters. And I know in Florida, um, we're very active in the Orlando region. And um, had we not had this COVID-19 situation, I think I would be delivering this presentation in Orlando tomorrow. And um, Dan Day who's very active in Orlando, our Orlando chapter, is a national trustee with the Foundation Fighting Blindness. And he's ultimately the one who connected me to um, FCB and ACB. I know. And I, I really, really appreciate you taking time to be with us. And I am so sorry that we couldn't be in person. Sheila, we have a question from Eugene. Okay. Yes, Eugene. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Uh, that website you said is... Uh, my register, my register tracker dot com or dot org. It's my retina tracker dot org. Okay. All right. Appreciate it. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. You're welcome. Anybody and, else, Rick? 
I'll add that if people want more information about the projects that I've talked about or their condition or other research, they can go to fightingblindness.org to learn more as well. Phone number 0540. Yes. Uh, hi, this is Dan Day. Um, hi, Dan. Thanks. Hey, thanks for your presentation as always. And uh, I'd ask a quick question for those who are uh, maybe listening in who are not affected by an IRD, but nevertheless um, have lost their eyesight. I was wondering if you might mention whether you see perhaps optogenetics as uh, holding out some hope for those that maybe don't have an IRD, but yet have a healthy optic nerve and uh, maybe even the Orion project, if you want to mention that too. Sure. Well, there are approaches that may help people with um, front of the eye issues, but unfortunately optogenetics is not one of those because you need a clear pathway to the back of the eye for optogenetics to work. And unfortunately, um, the company behind the Orion project that you're referring to, Dan, um, Second Sight, is divesting right now. And I'm not sure if their technology will be picked up by another company. But the Orion project what that is designed to do is actually bypass the visual system altogether and connect directly to the back of the brain, to the visual cortex to restore vision. So hopefully the work that's being done in that project, which was at an early stage clinical trial, will continue in another form. But second sight is basically getting out of this business. I think they were having some challenges, but I think COVID-19 really exacerbated their financial um, situation. Thank you, Dan, for your call. Thank you. Any other questions, Rick? That's it from this end so far. So Ben, tell us about um, how to get involved. Lombardi posted in CT Trans Advocacy Coalition. Attachment. How to get involved with the Foundation Fighting Blindness and what we can do to help with anything. Sure. So you can always go to fightingblindness.org and at the top of the homepage is a um, events and chapter information if you want to get involved in a local chapter. That's a great way to get involved. But you can also, if you're not near a local chapter, you can get involved just by signing up to receive information, our our newsletter, research updates, etc. We just completed a a series of webinars that were presented nationally, much like the information that I deliver today. And so anybody anywhere um, was eligible to receive Uh, or or to participate in those. And then on June 6th, we are launching our virtual vision walk program. So one of the big chapter activities for the Foundation Fighting Blindness is raising money through research. And vision walk is one way that we do that. Unfortunately, because of COVID-19, we had to cancel all of our, our actual live walks occurring in communities around the U.S., and we went to a a national um, uh, virtual platform 
So that is occurring on June 6th. So if you go to visionwalk.org, you can participate in that quote unquote virtual walk um, and, and sign up there. And then finally, we'll be having a, our National Visions Conference in a virtual format as well for the end of June. Unfortunately, that was going to be in Minneapolis this year um, in late June, but obviously we had to uh, move that to a virtual uh, venue as well. But you can sign up for our Visions Conference by going to fightingblindness.org as well. And I have one final question. If someone has a retinal disease, like myself, I have RP, um, is it ever too late to try to get gene testing? Because I have never been, I, I do not know what gene I have, what I'm missing. I, I know nothing. So, you know, that that's a good question. And it, it really depends on um, your particular interests. Now, if you're wondering if other people in your family are at risk, um, that could be one reason to get genetically tested. If you have some vision remaining and are interested in therapies that are in clinical trials, that's definitely a reason to get genetically tested. But you can also get genetically tested and upload your information in my retina tracker is simply a way of contributing to the knowledge base for researchers. So by putting that information in my retina tracker, while it may not help you personally right now, you're helping get more data in front of researchers so they can learn about these conditions. Well, I want to thank you so, so much for joining us today. I want to thank everybody for listening, and I want to thank ACB Radio and Rick for assisting us in this first virtual Everstate convention. So, Ben, you take care, stay safe, and thank you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Sheila, Rick, FCB, and ACB. 